Welcome to the Health Made Simple Community Podcast. Today's episode, I'm excited to bring on a special guest. This is a coach, Jessica Carey. She's a macro coach that learned all of this through herself. This is what brought Jessica to where she is today as a coach. Um, she is a mother of five, and she said post-kids, she went through all, she gained weight post-children, the whole lifestyle switch that does happen. And um, she went through multiple avenues to try to lose weight, try to constantly try to find different diets, find different exercise programs, went through a whole process in order for her to get to where she's at today. And she said, until she figured it out that it's a lifestyle and a habit and not constantly chasing a diet or chasing the next exercise fad, that was when the light switch went off. She also is very passionate about this. You will see this as we go through the interview today as this is something she's very passionate about. That is what led her to being a coach as she is today. And with this special uh, episode, I would say, is I there's actually live Q&A at the end. So we had members on here, uh, guests that had questions. Um, so you don't want to miss to the very end uh, with some of the awesome questions that were brought up, uh, even if there's something that you might be wondering about yourself. So hope you enjoy. As always, if you have any way to help spread this episode, it's a free way to help support the, the podcast, help it grow. You can share it, comment in the, in the, in the comments or review it, I should say, share, you know, tell your family and friends. This is just a free way to help spread uh, the word about the episode or about the, not about the episode, about the podcast. Anyway, hope you enjoy. All right, I'm excited to introduce uh, Jessica Carey this evening. We actually met, we were in, or we, I guess, still are, but we're about done with the coaching course together. And um, we connected last week, and it was kind of, we had a, it was enlightening to hear about Jessica's story about how she has started her journey and how she got there. And um, anyway, I'm, of course, Jessica, I'm going to give you the floor to explain your story and how you got to where you're at. So dive on in, Jess. Oh man. Hi. Um, yeah, my name is Jessica. I am a mom of five kiddos. Uh, we live in Kansas, married to my high school sweetheart for over 20 years now. Um, and I guess my weight loss journey started back when I started having kids, right? So I got married right out of high school. I was 18. We had our first baby at 19. So my, uh, knowledge of health and fitness was very limited. I, I was always fit as a teenager. Right. And then when you get pregnant with no knowledge of health and fitness, you kind of just jump in, um, and whatever happens kind of happens. And that's very much what happened. I was, uh, my mom was like, you can have a Snickers you're eating for two. You can, you know, I would drive through and get cookies. And anyways, that's very much where my roller coaster began because I had no tools afterwards either. I gained 70 pounds at 19 years old with my first baby. And that very much started my struggle with weight loss and weight gain. Um, in between pregnancies, I would go on diet pills and, uh, get some of the weight off and then I'd have another baby and I would go on diet pills and I'd get some of the weight off and then I'd have another baby. Um, and that happened until I had three boys about, this was about 10, 11 years ago. I was a mom of three, very busy, very happy. They're awesome little kids. Um, a stay at home mom. I had a couple like side gigs on the side that I would do to keep myself busy. Um, but I was super busy and active in, in their activities, president of their wrestling club, you know, all the things. Um, I had nothing for myself though. Again, no tools, uh, no time for myself. Didn't know 
how to eat well um, or take care of myself in any way as far as, you know, physically. Um, but it kind of got to this point that I was back on diet pills, had lost like 35 pounds. People were noticing, right? They were like, man, what are you doing? And little did they know I was eating nothing all day long, drinking coffee all day, and then eating less than my kids at dinner. Um, very much uh, disordered. Uh, I didn't think it at the time because that's just all I knew. That was the only way I knew how to lose weight um, until I reached out to a friend who was working out at home. Um, those at-home fitness programs reached out to her to see what she was doing. Um, and sadly enough, my thought process was, man, if I lost all of this weight doing what I've been doing, what would happen if I worked out too? Like, that's where my thought process was. Like, how much more could I lose? let alone the fact that I was not eating enough to even be working out. But that was my goal just to get as small as possible. So I reached out to a friend. She got me set up with the DVDs that she was using. And with those DVDs came this little booklet, this three day quick start with like a meal plan. And it was exactly what to eat for like three days, like an example meal plan. And I latched onto that with everything I had because I had no clue what to eat. Yeah. And I ate it exactly to a T. And in fact, I repeated it like four times for like two <laughs> weeks because I didn't know what else to do. And I was eating more than I ever had in like months, years, maybe, you know, and I lost four pounds that first week. And I was like, wait a second, <laughs> I <can eat> more <laughs> and still get results. Like I've been doing this all wrong. Um, and so obviously right there, that totally changed something like, okay, there's got to be a better way than what I've been doing. Um, and for 10 years, I followed those programs and I followed their nutrition plans and I probably more like nine years. Um, but along the way, I very much like gained this thirst of knowledge. Like, okay, I was doing it wrong before. This is better now. What else is there? And I really fell in love. I had two more babies in those the next nine years. Um, worked out through my pregnancy, worked out afterwards, had a completely different experience with pregnancy and postpartum. Um, number one, having some time for myself, having some focus for myself, having, you know, the, the knowledge to, you know, make sure that I was feeling myself right. And I, I was moving my body. And also I had a community that I was plugged into that was so, so helpful. Um, rather than when it used to be diet pills, and you're very shameful of that, you can't really talk about that. You're losing weight, people are noticing, but you can't really tell them what you're doing, right? Um, and so this was just a very different experience. I was proud of it. I was moving my body. I felt really good. Um, but I wanted more. I wanted to learn more. Um, I wanted to understand the why. Like, how did these programs work? How did these nutrition plans that they were giving me, why did that three-day meal plan that they gave me, why did that work? Um, and I just kept diving in and diving in. Um, and a few years ago, I was invited to work out at a gym locally here that does boutique fitness and strength training interval classes. Um, again, went there, fell in love, loved the, the structure of it, loved the people, loved the music. And so I kept going back. And then I was like, I wonder what it takes to be a trainer in this gym. And so I talked to the owner and she's like, you got to become a personal trainer. So I took the personal training course. I became a personal trainer. I'm like, I wonder what it takes to like 
teach people more about nutrition, like how I, the more that I've learned. Um, and so I took a nutrition course, became a certified macro coach. Um, and it's just really grown from there over the last 10 years, been like super organic, um, just diving in deeper and deeper and just wanting to know the why of it. Um, and I think I have a unique, a unique view in it because I've been so many places of a weight loss journey. I've been overweight. I've been underweight. I competed in an NPC bikini competition. Like I like the pendulum has swung from the farthest it could to the farthest it could the other way. Um, and I feel like that gives me a really good perspective to talk to people when they come to me, wherever they are in their journey. I'm grateful for all of those things. Even if I did it wrong, even if it was a little disordered at the time, I was doing my best and I figured it out and I kept on going. Um, and I do, I feel like it gave me um, that introspect when people reach out that I can relate to them. I know where they are and it's not just do this because I say so, right? Now, when I'm helping clients is I get it. I've been there. This is what I've done. Let's try this. And I can kind of walk people through that. Just walk alongside them, um, knowing that they're not alone in it. No, I mean, that's a big reason why I like your story, Jessica, because you've, like I said, you've been through all those things definitely hundred percent more so than I've been. And so you're like, when you can live it and say it and go through it, the, the, the ability to connect with people is just, you know, it's kind of spot on. And now you had definitely mentioned that you kind of dove more into, I mean, obviously you got into personal training and then you wanted to dive more into the nutrition side of things. Correct. What got you more interested in that aspect? So, um, you know, when I was doing those at-home fitness programs and I was following their meal plans, um, it was very much like a paint by number, right? Like just eat this because we said so, follow this program because we said so, fill this container, you know, but you never really understand why. Um, and so I, I, first of all, I wanted to understand why, because I was doing like intermittent fasting and finding out and listen, a lot of these things worked for me and they worked really well for a long time, but like I, I very much felt black and white. Like I couldn't have this. I could only have this. There was no in between. And now I realize diving more in, it's a lot more fluid than that. Our bodies are super smart. We can totally have this gray area and live there for a long time if we want to. Right. And so I wanted to dive further into that. And when I decided I was going to do um, a bikini competition, I reached out to a coach. I hired a coach of my own um, and she gave me my macros. I started tracking macros and I was like, holy smokes, this is a lot of carbs. And I didn't (laughs) realize that I had a fear of carbs and I didn't know it, that these meal plans that I had been following were very restrictive. I didn't, again, because I didn't understand the why of it, I didn't understand how it all worked and how it was all put together. I just followed because that's what they said to do. And when I started to dive a little bit deeper, I was like, Oh, I very much avoided carbs. I was very restrictive on carbs. When I, when I first got my macros and started tracking, I had to go to the grocery store to get carbs because I couldn't even tell you the last time I had a whole bagel or like a sandwich with two pieces of bread. Like, and again, now looking back, I'm like, how sad was that? But it was working for me. And so I didn't know that it was wrong. And it's, I don't want to say wrong, right? Because I mean, obviously I got results. Obviously I, you know, there, I felt fine, but there is a better way that isn't as restrictive. Um, and again, one of those light bulb moments, like, oh, 
I've been doing this wrong. Like I could do better. There's more to this, just like I did, you know, when I first started eating more 10 years ago. Um, and so I wanted to know why and how. And so I kind of dove a little bit deeper into that. That's the curiosity that got you to there. Yeah. I think that's, you know, that's awesome. And that, you know, I think there's two parts of it. Some people don't always, you know, obviously find an interest in it. Some people just want to be told, just tell me yeah. what to do. I don't really care why. Yeah. And, and I get it. that. I do from a beginner's perspective, but if they are going to be like, just tell me what to do. I want it to be a, a way that they can do it for life. Yep. Right. Versus what I was told that was very restrictive and I would never be able to do it for life or on my own, you know? So let's say, I mean, let's dive into the carbohydrate conversation. Cause I feel like this is such a big, uh, I don't even know what the best word, but yeah, most people, I will tell you, and obviously it happens a lot with my clients too. They're like, well, I don't need that many carbs. I'm trying to reduce, like the carb conversation is still very prevalent. Very much so. <laughs> and so <laughs> what, so obviously it took you to go into a bikini competition to kind of like yeah to that, but like, what did you learn through that process and how do you prescribe or how does that work with that now working with clients that obviously yeah. doing bikini competitions? So for everyone listening during peak week, the week before my competition, I was at like 300 carbs a day That's and I was like, are you insane? I'm asking my coach, we've worked really hard this prep. I look really freaking good. Now you're going to go blow me up with all these carbs. Like that was my thought process. But I'm like, what do I, what do I know? I don't know anything. I trust you, hired you. And she didn't steer me wrong. Like we, we put a great package on the stage, but again, it was one of those things. It's like, okay, like you don't know unless you do it and you see, right? So what I tell my clients is give me a couple weeks. Okay. Trust me. I'm, you're going to eat more carbs and nothing is going to happen. You're not going to gain a bunch of weight. Your energy is going to be off the charts. Your libido is going to go up. You're going to sleep better. Like, just trust me. Right. And, and they, it's one of those things you don't know, unless you just do it and you try. And there's nothing you could do in a week. There's not the amount of bagels you could eat in a week. That's going to undo anything stop eating bagels next week and it'll come right back off. Right. Like carbs are so quickly digest and processed. Like it's just something that just try, just try it, have a bagel for breakfast and see how you feel that day. Right. Like yeah, I, you're, you're probably going to be really joyful. First of all, bagels are great. Like if you don't, <laughs> if you don't have, I remember going to the gym the first time I had a whole bagel with peanut, but like I, I was bouncing off the walls. I was like, this is so sad, but I feel amazing. Like I had a whole bagel today. It's just crazy. And only people who have a fear of carbs will understand that it's real. So what is the, so let's go into the why, like, why does, why do you feel so good when you consume it? Carbs give you energy. They're instant energy. Um, and your body needs energy. Your, your muscles need the glycogen. Um, and when we, when we starve at, first of all, there is nobody that's like, I'm not going to have carbs. And then doesn't die face first into the cake or cupcakes or cookies on the weekends and thinks it's fine. And there's a reason for that. Your body wants those carbohydrates. It needs the glucose. It needs the glycogen. Like your body needs that. And so when you're like, no, 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 no. Oh, screw it. Let me just have a whole sleeve of Oreos. Why not have a couple of Oreos every day and just, you know, live your life in more, moderation versus restrict, 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 and then binge because 
I name one person who avoids carbs that doesn't do that. I don't know any, none of my clients that don't want carbs also don't want Oreos. You know what I mean? Like they're hot, but if you give yourself that, if you understand that they can all work every single day, you avoid that yo-yo roller coaster crap. Ding, ding. Um, do you prescribe like I know obviously prescriptions are going to be very individualized, but in general, do you prescribe like certain carbohydrates or you just kind of say like, Hey, let's like, just kind of open the door, especially like someone that has a fear of eating carbohydrates. Yeah. So I do open the door, but I, it's very much individual. I I'm like, this is your life. You need to make these macros work for your life. If it fits, that's fine. When we start to stall out or have problems or things aren't working, then we'll dive in a little bit deeper, but I trust you enough to find some, to fill these macros in the best way that's going to fuel you. That's what I do. I really want to empower people to do it on their own. I I can write you a meal plan. That's not teaching you anything. So I would rather give macros. You figure it out. If you get stuck, I'm here. You need some ideas. I'm here. Um, but until we stall out or until things aren't happening, live your life, live your life, make it work. Right. Um, I will say I give them a fiber goal, which puts a little bit of a kink in their plan because you, if you don't have good fiber filled carbs, you're not going to hit that fiber goal, right? So fruits and veggies, they're very easy to not put into your macros because they don't do anything for your macros, right? Carbs bump up or fruit bumps up your carbs a little bit. Other than that though. So I, I throw in a fiber goal for them. Um, I feel like that helps them kind of keep thing top of mind. Okay. Like instead of a cupcake, I'm probably need to swap that out for like a whole wheat tortilla. Like, and so, I mean, you know, again, it's all energy, it's all energy balance, but we could better utilize by having higher quality carbohydrates in your diet. I love that. I love actually, but like fiber filled carbs, it's just, I, I don't know. It's a, it's a zing. <laughs> I mean, I'm sure it's, it's obviously it's a probably very common sentence, but I just like how it's simple. It simplifies yeah. the idea of what a, like a good carb, a healthier carbohydrate would be right. based right. on fuel and stuff. Well, like there's complex, like I've, I've used the word yeah. complex carbs before and people are kind of like, what? I'm like, okay, carbohydrates. There's a very large array of carbohydrates. Carbohydrates are all fine, but if we're going to have, there is a scale, obviously like a protein source too. Like there's better ones and there's not so great ones, right? Like I would rather you have chicken versus only having protein shakes. Like it's very much like that. Right. So there's always a quality control there too. Yep. I think that's, that's spot on. Do you find that most of your clients come to you that are or maybe not most, but I was, I guess a general majority are typically low in the carbohydrate consumption. Very much. Yeah. That's one of my, Um, there's a, there's an off chance sometimes that, that people are like way under on protein and they live on carbs. Um, and so then that's kind of a balance, but then it's again, learning like quality carbohydrates. Let's match that with a quality protein. You're probably not going to feel like you need to eat as many carbs because you're balanced out with that protein. You're filling up. It's more satiating, right? We can kind of just balance your meals a little bit better. Um, but most women in general are just under eating in general, um, because they're cutting carbs and they don't know how to get as much protein. And so they're living on like nuts and cheese all day, right? No, that's spot on. Well, since we're kind of diving into the carbs, let's talk about the protein, um, macro protein. What, um, as far as your coaching experience that you've seen with the protein with your clients? Uh, You mean like, what do they struggle with the most? Yeah. 
Yeah, so typically everyone's way under. They're like 130 grams of protein. How in the world? And I'm like, <laughs> first of all, have you ever tracked your protein? Mm. Very rarely people have. They're like, well, no. I'm like, okay, well, then it sounds like a lot, but you really don't know. So let's start tracking first. Like, don't freak out. I don't even want you to force it. I don't want you to even jump to that number that I give you. Just start tracking and let's see where we are. Because with no, if you don't know where you are, you don't know where you're going, right? So start there. Um, but yeah, a lot of people do struggle with that. And if they do hit their protein, then they're going over on their fats. And so they're like, how do I get more protein without going over on fats? And so then that's the balance that we start to kind of figure out, right? Yeah. Um, but what I tell people the most is that protein is the most satiating. It's going to fade, especially once we get into a fat loss phase, or if we're in a fat loss phase, it's going to make that suck a lot less because it's going to fill you up. Also, it does, it does double duty. The protein increases your thermal effect in your body. It takes more calories to burn protein. Therefore your body is naturally burning more calories just because of what you ate. Like that's like free, right? Free calorie burn. Um, you don't even have to like run a lap. I don't even want you to run a lap. Okay. <laughs> Um, so I just, I give them the why, and then I have them really start tracking. Um, and I feel like it takes 10 days, two weeks before they're like, okay, I got this. I know how to kind of figure it out. And maybe they still are falling under here and there, but they understand how and why and where we can kind of tweak. And most of the time, honestly, it's just add more chicken to your salad, right? Like add more turkey to your wrap, have a bigger slice of steak at dinner. It's really, it doesn't have to be eating all day, every day. Like, oh my gosh, eat more. It's okay to eat more. And I think women just shy away from that and they struggle with that at first. Um, but man, once you hit your macros dead on and you know how good that feels. And then the next day, even you feel even better, that's reward enough. And then you just like, Okay, let's rinse and repeat because that felt so good. Well, yeah. I mean, that's probably one of the number one macro I talk all the time about is protein. Do you have a general um, like recommendation of range or once again, is it going to be individualized? Yeah, I mean, it's mostly going to be individualized. What I try to aim for is like 0.8 to 1 gram per pound of body weight, of lean, lean body weight or your goal weight. Like if you have a significant amount of weight to lose. I ask them what their goal weight is and we kind of hang out around there. Um, but that being said, I typically start my clients in a maintenance um, phase. We don't go straight to cut. So they're going to eat a lot of protein at first and they're going to feel really good. And then, then once you establish like good habits there and energy is good and we're hitting those, that protein number, um, then I make, that's what I tell them. They've earned a fat loss phase and we can kind of go to that next step. Yeah, I definitely want to dive in a little bit. Um, we'll talk about fats here next, and then I'll talk about kind of the different phases because I do think that part's also really important because obviously most people have a tendency to want to go cut first, but we've been yeah. cutting for too long, right? Everybody, <laughs> yeah. Okay, so that's kind of the protein. Um, and then, of course, last macro is your fats. So what's your general recommendation for fats? Um, so it kind of depends on our calorie count. I, I try to really... I really like women to be 30% or higher in fats, um, just to support hormone levels, especially as you get closer to 40 and above. Um, I've even gone as high as 40%, just, just because it really does support, um, your health, your hormones, those healthy fats. Again, with the idea that we're getting that from avocado and nuts and, you know, quality olive oil and things like that, because 
you can get fats from cheese, but we're probably not, you know, listen, I love cheese as much as the next person, but if it's all cheese, you're not going to quite get the benefits, right? Um, that's not true. Cheese is fine, but you know what I mean? Like as healthy as we can, um, quality fat sources. Um, and so I typically take their body weight and do the times 0.46. You can go lower than that, but that's kind of where I start. Um, I feel like that's typically a good range um, for most of my clients. If I need to play around with it, a few grams here and there, just to kind of even things out, I will. Um, but that's about where I start. I love it. And I know one of the things that you had mentioned, uh, just kind of briefly recap, is like majority of your coaching is truly nutrition coaching. And then most of your coaching that you do, like your personal training is coaching at the gym, correct? Yep. Yeah, uh, actually, I mean, uh, just 100, 100, 100% is nutrition coaching online. And the only time I... I trained fitness is in the gym live classes. Yeah. <laughs> that's why I wanted to bring you on here. Cause that's your, yeah. your cup of tea. Yeah. Um, we didn't dive in. Do you do a formula for carbs at all or no? Um, so I do, I do protein and then fats and then whatever's left over you get for carbs. Okay. Just wanted to verify in case you have any questions. Yeah. And also those of you that are on here, um, at the end, we're going to open up for any Q and A. So if you guys have any questions, obviously we can throw those, you know, we can answer those at the end as well. So, um, okay. So we covered carbs, protein, fats. Now let's talk about, um, what you were talking about, the maintenance phase before people going into a cut. So what is a maintenance phase? So maintenance is just the amount of calories you need to have every day to live your normal life. That includes your workouts, your, your job, um, your non-exercise activity, um, you know, breathing, <laughs> living, walking, right. Just your calories that you would need to eat every single day to same, to stay the same weight that you are right now. Oh. And yeah. what? Does, is that like, a, is that a hard, not a hard, that's not the right word. Is that typically a challenge for people to get to? Yeah. Yeah, it is. Um, but I don't, it, as typically people come to me for fat loss, right? Like that's why you hire a nutrition coach. You have goals. I've had the off ones here and there that want to, that want to gain, which I'm like, hello, freaking Lou. Yeah. I love you. Um, but most people, right. And so that getting their brain to wrap around that. But once we kind of start, they realize that there's a lot to learn when you first start tracking. And there's a lot to learn when you're trying to get enough protein and this and that. So if you remove the pressure of also trying to lose weight at the same time, mm -hmm. it's kind of like, okay, because every, like the first two weeks, I'm like, what's our goal right now? What is our goal? Don't worry about the scale. I'm not worried about the scale. I want you to feel good. I want your sleep to be restored. I want your energy to be restored. I want you to be crushing whatever workouts you're doing. Like that's our goal. And also I want you to be tracking consistently and, and hitting those numbers as close as we can. So I feel like even just mentally removing that layer of pressure of, okay, I'm not trying to lose weight right now. I'm just trying to really establish some healthy habits. That's really key for someone who's just starting. Um, I have people who have done this before or hired a coach in the past. Um, and they come to me and they're like, whoa, 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 wait, I've, I've eaten at that before. I'm like, okay, but I need to establish a good baseline. I need to know how your body works through your menstrual cycle. I need to know how we do on the weekends. I need to know, I need to see your habits and your baseline before we can start to cut. Cause you, you think even with a, with a, a scientific equation, we can figure your calories, right? That's not always perfect. It's not like for me, theoretically, I should be able to eat over 2000 calories and maintain 
I'm five foot three. It just doesn't work. I'm a short female. Unless I'm going to do cardio every day, I can't get there and maintain, which is so freaking frustrating because I want to eat more as much as possible. <laughs> but like I said, like it, those scientific scientific equations are only because so, we're human and we vary and there's a lot of variables, right? So I can only know if we know. And so that's what I, I'm like, just trust me. You're going to feel good. This is not going to be for nothing. If nothing else, we're going to build a little bit of muscle, a little bit of strength, a little bit of endurance over the next three, four weeks. And then I will appease you and we'll go into a cut phase, but oh. it's very much, you hire a coach that you trust, first of all. And I'm like, this is, and I laid out in the beginning, this is how my program is. This is what I do. And so if you have pushback, I'm probably not the coach for you, right? <laughs> I love that. I'm not everybody's cup of tea. That's totally. Yeah. No, I think that's, I mean, that's one of the things I'm starting to, you know, with the conversations I have as well is with is, you know, I think the first conversation is I want to lose fat. You know, I want to get smaller. I want to lose, you know, this, this, and this on my body. And then it comes to, okay, when well, then we start talking about nutrition and then it goes, oh, by the way, we're actually not even eating enough to even like go into a cut. Like we can't even reduce your calories. if Because what, you know, I'll have you explain this. Like what yeah. happens if someone comes in, they're already at, you know, a restrictive calorie consumption anyway, and then they want to reduce again. Like, why do we not want to do that? It just, it's not going to happen, right? So when you <laughs> under eat for a long period of time, your body adjusts. It's very smart. And it's like, oh, this is what you're giving me. Cool. This is what I'm going to burn. And it will lower its expenditure to meet the fuel that you're giving it. And so if you've been chronically under, 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 you have probably destroyed your metabolism, but also your burn is just as low as it's going to, we're not going to be able to go anywhere. And the only way you're going to know is if we can reverse and get you back up, you can lose weight during a reverse. So just, I'm, this is what I like, just trust me. We got to get back up here. Okay. We got to get back up to this place. You will feel so much better and your cut phase will be so much more enjoyable. Like if, and also, also if the 1200 calories was going to work, why isn't it working? <laughs> like you, you've tried that before you've yeah. done that before. Don't you're coming to me having said, I've tried this. I've okay. We've tried that. What's the definition of insanity is doing the same thing over and over and over and expecting a different result. We got to try something else. You have to get your body primed for a fat loss phase. And that. it's so important and it's, it restores your hormones and so many other things within your body that's going to help with your fat loss, um, efforts as well. Boom. Yeah. Cause your hormones, I mean, if you have to get your hormones stabilized before a fat loss phase can even happen because yeah. hormones are in balance and it's not going to happen. Yeah, exactly. You're going to, I mean, cortisol will wreck, uh, a weight loss journey. Um, and if your body is stressed out and you're not sleeping well and you're under eating, there's no doubt your cortisol is off the charts. Like you, you have to restore that, get to a good place and enjoy yourself. What is wrong? Listen, you've been chronically under eating and probably really pissed off for the last six, eight years. Who knows, right? Like let's get you to a place that you feel really good. What's another couple of months when you've been chronically under eating and, and not getting anywhere for ho however long it's been, right? Like let's, let's have a little fun and maintenance and see how you feel and then go from there. Boom. I love it. <laughs> so then how, how do you determine they're ready for a cut? When, um, when we are adhering to our macros, Okay. We're crushing it. We're cruising right along. There's no problems. We're not diving face first every single weekend. 
into all of the desserts and going off track and oh my gosh, life happened. Like, no, we're committed because if you can't stay on track in a maintenance phase, why in the world do you think you're going to be able to stay on track in a deficit? Mm-hmm. You're not. It's going to be even harder. It's not like it's impossible, but it's going to be even harder. So um, our weight is leveled out. We're feeling good. Sleep is good. Energy is good. We're adherent. Body is popping. Digestion. All everything is happy. And there's so many bioindicators, right? Especially for females when your cycle isn't as bad and like your PMS um, symptoms aren't as bad. Like all of those things means body's happy. And when body is happy, fat loss will be easier. So it varies with everybody. If they haven't been chronically under eating for a very long time, that maintenance phase might only be a few weeks. So I can kind of, you know, watch and make sure we're cool. But if it's been a struggle to get them up and up and up and up, it could take six, eight weeks. I love that. And how long would you typically, once again, this is all individualized, but um, would you put somebody in a cut and then would you bring them back to maintenance? Yeah. Yeah. So that's, I do three phases in my, in my programming. So we start at maintenance, we go into fat loss. Um, I tell them a typical fat loss phase starts at like 12 weeks um, because I go really slow. I don't, we're not going to cut 500 calories a week. It's not necessary. I would rather go very conservative. And if we can just do a nice downward trend and they hardly even feel like they're in a cut, like, I feel like that's where we want to be. Like I have had multiple clients be like, I can't believe I'm still losing. I don't even feel like I'm dieting. And I'm like, bingo, that's what we want, right? It doesn't have to be drastic. It doesn't have to be this huge flip it everything on its head. Oh, I'm in a fat loss phase. It doesn't have to be like that. Yeah. Um, so 12 weeks, starting. Um, if they don't have a ton of weight to lose, I guess we could do less than that, but that's pretty typical is 12. And I tell them up to like 2024, 20, I don't want to go much higher than that. Um, body doesn't like being in a deficit for that long. So after that, either once we get to goal weight or that 20, 24 week mark comes, um, then we reverse back up and we were reverse back to a maintenance level because a lot of coaches will take you down the 12 week challenge or eight week challenge and they'll cut your calories, help you lose weight. And you're like, woo. And they're like, peace out. See you next time. And you're like, wait, wait, I do. I live here forever. Like, and then what happens? Oreos and and we go right back up and we gain the fat. But if you can have a coach that will properly reverse you and get you back to a maintenance level, you will be eating more again, but maintain that actual fat you lost during the fat loss phase. You should be able to add a little bit of the calories, let your body acclimate, add a little bit more, let your body acclimate. And sure, you might gain another pound or so, right? Like in that reverse, which is fine. Um, but the true test is if you actually lost fat during that fat loss phase, then you will be able to reverse back up to a maintenance and hang out there, live there forever. If you want, you can you know live at those maintenance calories, um, until you're ready for another phase or you want to bulk or whatever. Yeah. That's amazing. I think, I think, yeah, that's the education piece that is just missing in nutrition. Like the, the piece that is out there is eat, you know, burn more calories and eat less. Like that's just, yeah. which yes, that is correct. But there's a, there's a giant, but <laughs> yeah. Well, women especially need to know their maintenance period. Yeah. And if you have never actively tracked and eaten at maintenance, you're doing your body a disservice. You're doing your workouts a disservice. You could be killing yourself in the gym. You are never going to get the glutes that you want unless you're eating at maintenance or higher. 
period. And I know everybody's chasing those glutes. You got to eat, sister. You got to eat or they're not coming. <laughs> I know. I see all those reels. Uh, they're making fun of like, I really want glutes, but I also really want to, I want to lose weight. Which one do I pick? <laughs> you got to pick. You got to pick. <laughs> so yeah, let's talk about the tracking thing. Like what? So do all of your clients track all calories? Like let's dive into just that topic briefly uh, before we open it up for questions of just like, I guess, yeah, what would be your typical protocol when you started working with the client and say, hey, we got to start tracking? My kids were just yelling. I need you to repeat that. (laughs) You're good. I said, so what would a typical protocol be? You're starting to work with a new client and then the word tracking comes up. What does that protocol look like? Um, Why is it important to? Okay. So you can't fix what you don't know. Yep. Period. So I can't say, okay, we need to do this, that, and whatever without data. You've got to, you have to track. I don't care what app you use. I'm most com- like familiar with my fitness pal. You use chronometer, you use a uh, track or level. I don't know what it is. Lose no. it. I don't care. I don't care. I don't, I just need to, I have to have some data to go off of. Also just the fact of you putting into something, what you've eaten is accountability and you will just subconsciously make better decisions. You just will, if you are committed to actually making it, you know, making some changes um, because you don't want to track that you had three Krispy Kreme donuts. Like I could like, listen, those things dissolve like cotton candy, six of them, no problem. Do mm. I want to track that? Do I want to see that in black and white? Not really. Right. So even just tracking that helps people like Jessica is going to see this, <laughs> right? Yep. I don't really, you know, but also at the same time, I tell them, if you do wake up and eat an entire chocolate cake, track it because there's a chance you could salvage the rest of your day, but you won't know unless you track, you won't know unless you're like, okay, well, there's 150 carbs. Where can I eat just protein the rest of the day? Right. But like, if you see it in black and white, you're like, okay, this is how I could make this work. This is how I could kind of scrounge it together. Cause I've done that. Like totally went off track in the morning, had two donuts instead of the protein filled breakfast that I decided to have. I'm like, well, here we go. Lots of protein and veggies the rest of the day. Right. And, and, but until you see it, you can't fix it. You can't fix what you're not doing what you're not tracking. So only the things that get tracked can be improved upon. Um, so like, it's just like a non-negotiable. That's, that's the only way I can help you is if I have data to go off of. Um, no, I think that's, I mean, I'll be honest. I used to at first believe that people didn't have to track. And I, I mean, I do believe there's some like wiggle room for sure. To, and once again, this all depends on the person, like the people, like some people can just slowly start to shift things. But at the end of the day, if you really want to figure out what's going on to get into those phases and to see what you really can get at and start to eat more and still maintain, you know, a proper or the physique that you're looking for, this is when tracking becomes informational. And that's the, the thing, the tool that people most forget is they're like, it's really overwhelming and time consuming, but we have to use its data. Like we just have to okay. think of the data. Not- okay. But like, is it though, like, let's check your screen time. Is it really that all the time for real? Like it take it feels overwhelming. It feels a little daunting, but once you do it after a while, it's literally nothing. 
literally nothing. And I feel, and I'm strongly believe this, you cannot be an intuitive eater unless you know what a perfect day looks like. And how else do you know what a perfect day looks like? Because yeah, we can intuitively eat all day. And I'm such a proponent of that. Totally. I do not want people to have to track every gram forever. But when you are trying to really nail down what this looks like for you, you have to have data and our bodies intuitively want cupcakes. So what does that look like? Right? Like you have to, you have to learn what it really looks like to have enough protein, to have enough vegetables and fruit. I'm a firm believer that you can't get to true intuitive eating until you've got a baseline of knowledge backing that up. I think well said for sure. Um, anything else, Jessica, that I'm missing in the whole calorie, (laughs) calorie macros before I kind of open up the floor here and I lost my life. I mean, those are all great questions. No, I mean, a lot of it is mindset, right? Like you have to, you have to understand like why you're doing it. And if it's only for a smaller gene size, it's going to get really frustrating really quick, right? Because that doesn't happen as fast as we want it to. Um, That's the main thing is that a lot of people have tracked before and they're like, it didn't work. Well, how long did you track? How consistent were you? Because a lot of times people just give up before they get to the good part. And that's freaking frustrating to do all of this tracking and, and meal planning and prepping and all the things. It's a lot of work for it to not pay off because you only did it for five weeks. That's not long enough. It's just not. And so I think that's the biggest thing is that it takes a lot longer than you think. Um, But you're worth that effort. You're worth the daunting experience of learning how to track. You're worth, your body deserves for you to understand what it needs and how much of it that it needs. Um, You know, I think that we kind of, it's just, I don't want to say the American way, but just this day and age, We want convenience and we want it to be quick and we want it to be easy. And when it feels so much easier to take a pill or a shot or follow this meal plan and not look at this or skip this macronutrient, don't eat carbs, that all feels easier and instant gratification. But what happens in five years? If you can't do what you're doing right now for the next five years, why are you wasting your time? (laughs) No, that's, I mean, like spot on. It's the same thing with like the idea. I mean, like, hard thing we learn from hard things yeah even like tracking your food yes like that's hard like sure it's hard because it's just something you don't typically do it's out of your comfort zone it's out of your typical routine and so that's when you start to learn and i think you know that's the in the most i'm sure you've had clients when they see this when they start to track and they're like oh my goodness like it just opens up a whole new like chapter of like yeah This is what's happening. Gosh, if I could go back and learn this in my 20s, because I have clients in their 20s, I have clients in their 60s. -hmm. We're all doing the same thing. So I'm so confident and proud of the fact that I'm teaching people real, sustainable life because they don't have to track forever. And I have clients that are like, oh my gosh, I'm so glad I started this now because life has gotten crazy and I'm moving and I still know that I can keep up with what I'm doing, you know, because it does get easier the longer that you do it, it just becomes second nature. And you don't even have to track anymore. I could go a whole day and eat like I normally do and log it all at the end of the day. And I know I would be spot on because I just, I know now I've done it for so long. I know what I need at each meal, how much protein I know how I feel when I don't have enough carbs. If I don't have enough fats, I know how my body feels, but you don't know that until you've got 
the feeling and the data to back it up. And then you can, you know, learn from there. Well, no, I think, yeah, that's fantastic. I mean, you know, one of the things is, uh, I'm, you know, I'll do random check-ins with myself. Like I'll go like a long time. I won't track anything, you know, cause I, ha- I have a pretty good understanding of what I can eat. Right. And I'm like, okay, I just haven't tracked for like, it could be like six months. It could be a year. It could be a yeah. year and a half. I'm like, all right, it's time to track. And I'll give myself a good track. It's literally a check-in tool. Like, okay. Yeah. Am I on NA on? Like, how are things feeling? The exact same thing is I just utilize it as random check ins. So, yeah. same thing if you were to like, I guess you could utilize the scale, but not that we always want to, you know, go off the number of the scale, but you know, just any, yeah. you go to the doctor and get your blood work. That's check in yeah. stuff to see how's your health doing. Yeah. Well, on that note, I'm glad you brought up the scale because I kind of do things a little bit different when it comes to that too. I have my clients weigh in daily um, and we look at averages, not, not because I want them to lose weight daily, not because I want, but I feel like it's exposure. The more you look at that number, the less control it has over you. It's not so scary. You're looking at it every single day. You're writing it down every single day. Um, And when we get to a fat loss phase, I like to have those daily numbers because I don't know about you, but the scale fluctuates every single day for me. It could go up two, three pounds in a week, easy, right? Up and down and up and down. If you only get on the scale every once in a while because you're afraid of it, you have no idea where you are in that spike and dip, that roller coaster that the scale plays on a normal basis, like so normal for things to fluctuate like that. And so I like to have them weigh every day and we look at those weekly averages um, because I started this because I would have clients weighing in on like, I do check-ins on Wednesday and they'd weigh in. They're like, oh my gosh, on on Monday, I was down two pounds. I don't know what's happened. I'm like, nothing's happened. It's fine. So I've had them start doing that because it gives me a bigger picture of where they are through the week. That one weigh in after they had some salty food the night before is not necessarily, you know, a, a good picture of what we, what progress we're making. So if we can look at those weekly trends, then we can, you know, look, okay, last week, our average was this, this week, our average is this, we're making progress. We're doing, you know, we're doing the right things. And I even committed, I've been weighing every single morning on my Instagram stories. I post my weight every single day and talk about why it maybe has gone up, why it's gone down, what my weekly average is, because I think women are deathly afraid of the scale or they're very obsessive about it. And so I think if we can just normalize like these dips and spikes and that it's normal to weigh something different every day and you're not going to lose weight every single time you get on the scale, um, the better, because it's, that's real. Like there's so many different, um, factors that can make that scale move. Um, yeah. No, I know. I, I go based on clients preference. So I'll ask the clients, like how fearful is the scale? You know, is it, is it not? And because I believe in both, I believe both sides. I do agree hundred percent. Like I do believe some people and I have encouraged them to get on every day so that they get comfortable with it. Like the thing that I've, you know, it's obviously this is still very prevalent is, you know, like in the locker room at a gym, you'll hear people like hop on a scale or I'll hop on the scale and people like, her like older they're always older women for whatever reason you know and they're probably 60s plus they're like oh my gosh I would never get on that thing I'm afraid like I even like you can just hear it and it's Mm -hmm. it's kind of you know it's kind of sad in a way like it's like the number is literally means does not determine anything about right you know and also like if you're not doing something every day to affect the trend that that scale is do like there's there's no point right like for me, I'm in a, I'm in a fat loss phase right now. So that's why I wanted to show like, 
the number should be trending down at some point. But if you're just in a maintenance or you're not tracking and you just don't really have any any weight loss goals right now, I like get on every once in a while and make sure you're good. Like, you know, just just for data points, kind of checking kind of thing. Um, but if you're not doing something every day that would affect the scale to be moving, why why bother? That's kind of my theory on it. No, I agree. I think yeah, the whole scale is a whole interesting topic. It is. But um, okay. Um, do you care if I open it up? I guess if anybody yeah, no, go for it. Not, Let's chat. Yeah. Does um, you guys, if you guys want to throw on your video, if you want to throw something in the chat, if you don't feel comfortable hopping in your video, um, if you guys have any questions, here's the time to to open up the floor. Watch. No I saw one Michelle. I saw Michelle's video. Come on. Does Michelle have a question? Yeah. <laughs> I do. Can you hear me? I'm at. Yeah. There's a lot going on. Okay. Yeah. Um. And I missed the first part, so I apologize if you've already discussed it. But one, I hopped on after protein. And so I heard kind of how to calculate the, um, the fats and then the leftovers are for carbs. But I was just curious a little on getting your number. But I also saw in the notice from you, um, there was a link to like one of the apps. So I can look there as well. My other was, I'm very good at like when I'm in it, I'm in it. But it's like steak, chicken, veggies, like. I'm good at eating the same thing for multiple meals. I don't mind that. It helps me stay on. Where I struggle is when that starts to get old, where to look for like good recipes to leverage that are still healthy, still offer like the um, equation that I need. You know, so like I'll hear people like, is it fit foodie or some, there's like, there's a website that a lot of my fitness friends use and they're good recipes, but it's like, if you're doing beach bodies, like container program or, you know, so I'm curious if you have suggestions on where to find recipes. Yeah. Um, okay. So for protein, I said 0.8 to one gram uh, per pound of body weight. Um, and that's like lean body weight. So if you have a significant amount of weight to lose, try to like go for like your goal weight. But if you don't have a ton of weight to lose, you can just, you know, go with your body weight now. Um, so 0.8 to one gram of protein per pound. And then as far as recipes go, I mean, I've got all sorts of like different ones that I look up. I will literally Google macro friendly chicken Alfredo. Like, and I'll just, I'll just find one and I'll just try it. Um, but one that I have literally used for years and her recipes have only gotten better. And she started adding macros and stuff, um, is skinny taste. Um, she has recipe books. She's got, um, a beautiful website. Um, she even like partnered with like home chef or something recently. And like her recipes are featured there. Like, but I've been following her for years and years and I've, I, she, I feel like she kind of changed my way of cooking, um, because I was very like old school, like whatever my mom taught me. And I realized, oh, like I don't have to use, uh, Campbell's cream of chicken soup. I can use chicken broth and like, you know what I mean? Just ways to lighten things up, like the normal recipes that you love, but lightened up, um, and more macro friendly. Um, and yeah, so it's not, I wouldn't say that hers are like the macro friendly recipes, but it's like really great wholesome, clean, you know, recipes, um, that you could absolutely use for, uh, your macro purposes. Yeah. And something that maybe kids like too, cause that's where oh. we struggle as well. It's like my husband and I'll eat it, but will our four daughters eat it? And that's the right. questionable. So thank you. Appreciate it. Yeah, absolutely. Yes. That is, I have five kids. So <laughs> that, that, uh, website changed everything. Cause I was like, awesome. a short 
cook before that. Yeah. And I, I could not. I can't do it anymore. I'm done. So I would be like, okay, they like chicken ta- chicken tenders and french fries. How can I make those macro friendly, right? And like, she's got like chili. I mean, so many, like literally you name it, she's got it. Um, there's a lot of also um, Instagram accounts that are really good. And I like, and this, is, this sounds silly, but when you're cooking for, well, I've got a husband and three boys. When you're cooking for a house full of men, I, I had to find men that were doing macro friendly recipes because they're doing like the burgers and the burritos and the wraps, yeah. right? Like just like men meaty foods. Um, so I follow a few macro friendly guys on Instagram. Uh, one of them is uh, Tasty Shreds. Um, and the other is, I just, I just I'm writing all these down by the way. So yeah. Tasty go. shreds is one. He's lost like 80 pounds on his own. And then the other is uh, Zach Rochello. What is it? Hold on. I'll find him. Sorry. You're good. I think of his handle off the top of my head. Uh, I never thought of that. Yeah. Thinking like for guys. Yes. The flexible, it's called the flexible dieting lifestyle. And his videos are so like appealing to the eye too. Like I watch them all the time and I've made multiple of his recipes and they're really, really good. What was that flexible? What? The flexible dieting lifestyle. His name is Zach Richello. I'll try and to include some links. Cookbooks and you know, all sorts just and he also he just started on instagram just cranking out some videos here and there and he's just blown up and so i just i like supporting yeah. small businesses like that that's awesome yeah i think that's probably like the number one like i would say recipes are always the number one like what's a good recipe and i yeah. think you just have to keep sampling of what works for you your yeah. family what fits in so uh-huh. you have to keep kind of like playing around with things and have you ever noticed like michelle like sometimes we go outside of like your t- traditional food and then you're like okay like that was okay but not worth you know like, yeah or your you invest all this money into ingredients and then you're like oh yeah. nobody likes it yeah <laughs> There's a, my friend just thank had, you guys appreciate it i was it. just looking at um my friend had a book that's called like oh dang it i'm gonna butcher this name it was like cook cook once eat for the week or something and like you choose like a set of ingredients so like one of them was like pork pork shoulder brussels sprouts and sweet potatoes and then she had like seven different recipes that you would make with those ingredients I'm like that is genius like you cook all the meat at once and then you just have like a bunch of little side ingredients and then you have like stuffed sweet potatoes that's awesome yeah a sweet potato hash and then you have like a bowl, right? Like different things. I'm all about simplicity. Like, and especially if you have a smaller family, like I'd be like meal prepping like crazy, but I'm very much one that I would just bulk prep like ingredients. I'd rather have like a thing of chicken and a thing of beef and a thing of rice and then like steamer bag of veggies and then some fresh veggies. And then I can put together however I want. If I want a salad, if I want a wrap, if I want a bowl, if I want a taco, like, you know, you can do it different. Does anyone else have any other questions? and if not no worries and of course if you guys have questions later we can always kind of re revisit or you can reach out anyway so um if no one else has any more questions i just want to thank jessica for hopping on tonight this was awesome i think this was just a really good like breakdown of all the the things about food nutrition that's the most confusing the aspect um where can people find you jessica 
mostly I hang out on Instagram all the time at Jessica underscore carries five. Um, yeah, I chit chat with that. And don't be, don't be shy. Message me, whatever. I'm, I'm all about chit chatting with people. Yeah, definitely. I, I do have a question. I was finally able to oh. unmute my Oh, <laughs> sorry, Fran, go for it. <laughs> it's okay. Um, so my question was like, how do you guys feel about like a reward system? You know, like, oh, I've been doing good for this long. Now I'm going to give myself a reward. Like, is that like doing more harm than good to kind of be like waiting for that like reward at the end, yeah. you know? Um, that's interesting. I honestly, I don't, I haven't ran into that very much. Um, but I do remember when I was on my weight loss journey, having kind of benchmarks that I wanted to hit. And so I would do like a new workout outfit or shoes, or, you know, I would, I, I learned early on to not reward myself with food, um, because I was not a dog dancing for treats. Um, and so I tried to, I tried to steer people away from that. Um, because when you, especially when you live in like a, a place that everything goes in moderation, there shouldn't be this like bright, shiny meal that you're looking forward to. Right. So yeah, I don't, I don't see anything wrong with that. You know yourself best. If you feel like you need those benchmarks and you, you know, want to be a hundred percent adherent for two weeks, like no matter what. Um, but I just find that living at an 80% is good enough for most people, right? Like, and then you feel like you've got some room to play and you don't have to be a hundred percent all the time. Right. Um, so I don't know. I think I would need to kind of take that case by case and like know the person and their personality. Um, I haven't, haven't ran into that as much. Casey, what about you? Uh, Fran, I guess the first thing that comes to my head is, do you feel like it's rewarding with like something like a small treat or a drink or something that regards, or do you feel like it's more like, like the cheat meals and cheat days type thing? So more like small, like reward stuff, I guess, like small rewards. Okay. Uh, I guess my biggest issue is like staying consistent, you know? So I don't know if it's like, what would be more motivating for myself? Is it going to be a reward? Is it going to be like more, like accountability, you know, cause I always kind of like come out strong and then like fade off. So can I, can I, I'm going to give you my tough love answer first, because that's what I wanted to say at first. Your reward will be your results. Mm. If you stick with it, that's, that's the reward. Like if you can get past that, Oh, I kind of fall off at this point, push a little bit harder. That will be your reward. Like I tell people, what do you do when you don't want to work out? I don't know, but I kick my own ass like even harder. Like I work out even harder. So when you don't want to track, you don't want to, you know, eat on plan. You don't want to eat what you planned, whatever, double down, do it for two more days and see how you feel. I feel like that, that getting over those humps is a reward in itself that having that like mental clarity, like capacity to be like, I did that. It was hard. I didn't want to, I wanted to give up last night, but I feel better today. Let's go again. Right. You have to kind of get through those mental humps. And if, if getting through those humps is like, boom, did it. I'm getting a nice coffee today. Then do it and track it. Right. Like that's fine. Um, but I just feel like, I feel like the, the results will be reward if you stick with it long enough. No, I think that's, I mean, I, I like that answer. <laughs> I like yeah, me that. too. I feel like that's good because that is like what 
you're working towards. So then you're yeah. kind of get like using that mentality as a reward. That's like a really good way to kind of spin that. <laughs> yeah. The yeah. things that are hard is where we learn the most and grow the most. Yeah. Not everybody receives that very well. Um, I used to be a part of like groups and stuff that like gave prizes if people finished this or that. I'm like, I'm not going to the post office to send you something for doing what you said you're going to do. You did it and you, and it paid off. Like, you know what I mean? Like I just, I'm very much like self-motivated and I'm not, everybody's like that. So I get it. I can sympathize with that. But when it comes to something like this, when you are truly trying to change your lifestyle, that's the reward, having more energy, lowering your blood pressure, you know, being able to run around with your kids, like those things, that is a reward. And you're, and you're leading by example to, I think, I think it pays off itself. Because I think ultimately, Fran, at the end of the day is the goal will be to shift it from getting it away from a reward versus this is just something I enjoyed to eat or drink. Like that would be the ultimate shift. Does that make sense? Yeah, definitely. Boom. Awesome, Crescent. Great question, honestly. Yeah, really good. So. And everybody's different. Everybody's different. I get it. And people are, are motivated by different things. And that's a conversation you have with your coach. Like, hey you know, this is how I motivated this lights my fire. But I do ask that too, in my intake form, like what motivates you? How, what, what would a good coach look like to you? Because some people need that like love and some people need the swift kick in the ass. Um, I try my best to be loving as well, <laughs> but sometimes, you know, some people need it, need to hear things a little bit different and you have to kind of, that's the joy of being a coach as we learn how to work with different people in different ways. Yeah. I love it. This was an awesome conversation. This was, this was fun. I love yeah. this. This is the first yeah. time I did a like zoom interview with, um, uh, not interview <laughs> zoom with people and questions and stuff like that. So this was fun. I like yeah, it. Super cool. I like yeah. the format. Good idea. Awesome. Great. <laughs> All right. Well, once again, um, as always, if you guys want to find Jessica, you can find her on Instagram. I'll make sure to tag all the handles and I'll get all the other recipe suggestions that she threw out there that I'll kind of throw out for additional resources for the recipes and things like that. And yeah, thanks again, Jessica. Absolutely. Thanks for having me, Casey. You're welcome. See ya. Bye.